This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The NCAA women's basketball had an incredibly successful season. And now your favorite players from the 2023 to 2024 NCAA season will be in the WNBA. To all our veteran fans, welcome back. And to all the new fans joining, welcome to the W. This season, watch as proven legends Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, and Sabrina Ionescu continue their dominance, while rookies Caitlin Clark, Cameron Brink, and Angel Reese prove themselves on a WNBA court. The WNBA is redefining basketball on their own terms this season, keeping the game and players front and center, while celebrating the intersection of identities and perspectives that align with fans. Welcome to the W. You're in for some world-class basketball. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. Every day in classrooms across America, our children pledge allegiance to the flag, to one nation indivisible. But in so many ways, we are divided culturally, economically, and of course, politically. How do you heal a divided nation? This morning, we'll look at a project focusing on young people. As Lee Cowan will explain, it's like a foreign exchange program, only for students right here at home. It's nice to meet you. There's a lot of talk about how it's too late for us, that it's the next generation that's going to bridge both our politics and our social divides. But that hope still needs to be nurtured. I kind of feel like we've got the vaccine. I think this can scale enormously, and I think it works how a new student exchange program is laying the groundwork that just might connect us all. Coming up 
on Sunday morning. Seth Doan will have a story from Ghana, which can only be described as bittersweet. Faith Saley sizes up the past, present, and future of the skirt. Our Rita Braver is in conversation with cable news host Rachel Maddow. Plus, Steve Hartman with a message in a bottle. And more on this Sunday morning for the 8th of October, 2023. And we'll be back after this. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Some young Americans head overseas during their school years to meet people from other cultures with other points of view. But in a country as divided as ours appears to be, Lee Cowan explains how that same experience may be available without ever leaving our shores. Can you guys see it pretty clearly? Yeah, it's like a corner of it. Under a nearly full moon, in the unpolluted darkness of a night sky over Kansas. Oh my gosh, there's two! There's two satellites. A group of student stargazers sat in a circle, taking turns on the telescope. So this is weird, some craters are like super tiny. It was a bonding experience that was out of this world, especially given that only a day before, they were as foreign to each other as the lunar landscape itself. Politically and just morally, what we believe is completely different. So I was like, are we going to get along? Everyone, they're like, What's your, what are your summer plans? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to Kansas. And without fail, everyone was like, why? Why? <laughs> why would you go to Kansas? Why? The better question may be, why not? You don't want to always be comfortable. You have to do things that make you like, even if it's talking to a new person, it might make you uncomfortable. You have to, or else you're not going to make new friends. You're not going to be able to experience life. It's nice to meet you. This past summer, more than 300 high school graduates signed up for a unique student exchange program. Diana, hi. Unlike the well-known foreign exchange model that affords students a chance to study abroad in, say, Europe or Asia, this program gives students the opportunity to soak in a brand new culture without ever leaving the country. We fund kids to spend a week in the summer after senior year in an American town that is politically and socioeconomically and culturally very different from the one that they're growing up in. It's called the American Exchange Project, or AEP for short, co-founded by 29-year-old David McCullough III, the grandson of the late Pulitzer Prize-winning historian David McCullough. 
grew up in the ivory tower, like a, a life of enormous privilege. And I wanted to get out of, out of all of that, see a part of the country that I'd not really been exposed to, but I knew was out there. Ready to go. We're going to miss you. So in 2016, he borrowed his mom's Mazda and spent the next two months driving across the country, part Jack Kerouac, part Tom Sawyer, heading down the Mississippi. I thought I'd be chased away. I thought doors would be slammed in my face. I thought people wouldn't want to talk to me. Not only did that not happen, the opposite of that happened everywhere I went. I really enjoyed For the past three years, he's been giving high school graduates that same experience. And so far, at least, it's having the impact he hoped it would. Like my groups of friends or friends are not really close to each other. So I feel like I've actually bonded with you guys more than I have with my own friends. I've never been a part of a community where I could just, I'm not the minority, I'm not the odd one out. So this is very much like an experience that I really appreciate so much. Okay, 10 seconds. David McCullough hopes to offer the program to a million students a year by decade's end, and all free of charge, thanks to big-name donors, including the likes of Steven Spielberg and others. I think this ought to be as typical to the American high school experience as the prom. I think every kid in every town should have an experience like this. We followed Kaya Wu and Evan Quach as they left what they called their liberal blue bubble Albany, California, just north of UC Berkeley. For the reliably red bubble of Dodge City, Kansas. It's flat, it's so flat. (laughs) With each flat passing acre, their eyes widened, their jaws dropped when they passed one of Dodge City's massive feedlots. It's really sad, but it's how our economy grows. Cowboys and cattle are a way of life here in Dodge, just as American as the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't usually get this close to horses. Like, it's on a very rare occasion. But also a world apart. Yeah, as you can tell, they're they're pretty happy cattle. They've even got a swimming hole. We're going to go one, two, three. The city slickers visiting Dodge learned how to dance the can-can at the Boot Hill Museum. They drank sarsaparilla in the Long Branch Saloon. That's good. And they watched the sun go down while enjoying a Dodge City delicacy. Pickled flavored shave ice. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> I would like the salt and lemon. Okay, when you I drink the pickled juice out of the jar. Wait, a little bit? Solid. Wait, what the hell is trash can? I don't know if I want a whole thing of it. <laughs> okay. You guys see how my whole torso is twisting? And we're using those big muscles in our back and our chest rather than the little ones in our arms. Yeah. Fernelli Rodriguez is a Dodge City native. When it was her turn to immerse herself in the California way of life. Oh, right. Puddle right. Right, right. <laughs> her peers rolled out the blue carpet. There, we're on a rhythm. Back on the Zoom. Back on zooming. While navigating the less than conservative currents of San Francisco Bay, for example. Oops, oops, collision, thank you. Oop, another collision, <laughs> sorry. Fernelli found herself, for the first time ever, asking people about their preferred pronouns. Politics are like uh, black and white, but really everyone's gray. Like we mesh, we just don't realize it because we're so focused on splitting. 
after paddling up an appetite. Fernelli was treated to In-N-Out, the holy grail of California fast food. I normally don't like onions, but it works in here for some reason. There had to be, I guess, at some point, a little bit of worry about what are we gonna, what happens if we put these two, oh yeah, perhaps diametrically opposed kids together? Right. I was a little bit worried that the communities were so different that the kids wouldn't quite get it. That's not what you've seen? No, not at all. They assimilate quickly. Credit to being young, I think. Have you gotten any skeptics, though? There's a lot of folks that are worried that, you know, we're um, either a liberal Trojan horse or that we have a hidden agenda. We don't. We don't do a lot of talk in politics, and we have no agenda that we're trying to get through to the kids. Hi. You Sorry, I remember from the Zoom. Just like foreign exchange programs, host families are AEP's foundation. Start on this line and go around here by the... For the last two years, Dodge City wife and mom, Kirsten Bangerter, has opened her home to students as a place to sleep and eat, yes, but also learn from her family. They seem very happy, very cheerful, very open, excited to experience new things. They don't seem afraid or nervous or anxious. They just wanted to be stricter with our group because they knew they, it they were more like a different crowd. Some people yeah. got banned. <laughs> a lot of the time you make the most progress in those informal like breakfast table conversations and just like sharing experiences before bed and things like that. I'm always appalled when I go other places and there's styrofoam. Like it really freaks me out because there's no styrofoam in California. Like there's no styrofoam plates here? See, and over there, it's like normal. Like everyone, whenever you're eating food, you use a paper plate or you use styrofoam or you use cups that are disposable. Wait, is that the one that is like right? A week may not seem like a lot of time, but at the end of those seven days, you might be surprised at just how much change actually takes root. <laughs> you seem like you're all pretty good friends now. Yeah, I just learned that. If I get along with them, that's cool. And if they respect me and respect what I stand for, we're good. Sometimes it's better to just be quiet and listen and really like process what people are saying, think about it, maybe sleep on it before you even disagree. There's that old adage about walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Problem is you can't really see that person face to face if you're walking away. What David McCullough is hoping is the next generation will turn around look those they differ with in the eye, and just talk. I love my country, and I love what it stands for, and I love the ideals of what we're supposed to be about. And when that's in jeopardy, how could we all not want to rush to the fire and try to put it out with everything we've got? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As garments go, it couldn't be simpler. But in some ways, that's skirting the issue. Faith Saley unwraps the rich history of the skirt. What do pencils and poodles have in common? Hoops and hobbles? They are skirts, of course. When I say the word skirt, what words come to your mind? How big can it be? <laughs> what length would you like it to be? For designer Christian Siriano, the skirt is a transformative piece of clothing. The options are endless, mini, midi, maxi, asymmetric, straight, or frothy. The skirt is about being free, having more movement, not being kind of trapped inside something, which I think a pant does, and a skirt is more freeing. That feeling is sewn into the definition of the word skirt, a piece of clothing meant to dangle from the waist and move around the body with few restrictions. I find them more comfortable. They're a canvas for beautiful textiles, which I love. Kimberly Chrisman Campbell is the author of Skirts. And she says, as unfettered as they might appear, skirts are tied to some meaningful history. They tell us a lot about our culture and our values and how we treat and think of women themselves. While skirts have certainly hemmed women into traditional notions of femininity, they've also dramatically demonstrated the power of the wearer. Textiles were extremely expensive before the Industrial Revolution. The bigger the skirt, the more fabric you needed, the more wealth you were displaying. Early 20th century skirts gradually became shorter and narrower, especially during World War II when material was rationed. But in 1947, designer Christian Dior repudiated that starkness with an ultra-feminine silhouette called the New Look. While the 1950s poodle skirt was an evolution of that voluminous look, Chrisman Campbell sets the story straight about its popularity. Poodle skirt comes from poodle fabric, uh, which was a sort of hairy, stiff, but lightweight fabric. It was only later, after the skirt came into being, that designers started decorating them with poodles. And while we're myth-busting, you may be surprised to learn about the origin of the miniskirt. No one thought it was sexy to begin with. When it was introduced in 1964, it was something that looked like you could buy it in the children's department. It had ruffles or it had bows or polka dots. It made women look like little girls playing dress up. So the miniskirt was created for young women who didn't want to look grown up. That's right. The miniskirt addressed that gap in the market, dressing women who were young but did not want to look like their mothers. For many women though, the choice to wear a skirt wasn't theirs to make. It was only in the late 1970s that women were allowed to wear pants in many schools and restaurants and workplaces. It wasn't until this year that the U.S. Marine Corps ended its last skirt mandate for women. While the skirt has become a ubiquitous female symbol, men across the world have traditionally shown some leg. 
skirts are an extremely masculine garment in many cultures. We think of it as something feminine in the West, but the Scottish kilt, for example, is a garment associated with tough warrior highlanders. And let's not forget Tonga's tupanu, famously flaunted during the Olympics opening ceremony. Tonga! As for American men brave enough to flirt with their hemlines, how did it start with you designing for Billy Porter? Yeah, my Billy moment, which was probably my most famous skirt moment. And he just loved it. And he loved the idea that he could wear something that was like still somewhat classic, which every other woman would be wearing. So why couldn't he wear that? And so the skirt comes full circle. While it once stitched women into traditional roles, it now offers men something to step into to shatter stereotypes. There are no rules. You wear what you want to wear. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Rita Braver is in conversation with Rachel Maddow, who shares a story most of us never learned from our history books. It may be hard to fathom that some 20,000 Americans would gather under an image of George Washington for a bone-Nazi rally in Madison Square Garden in 1939. So this is just a tiny sample of what you've amassed. Yeah, my apartment, God, it's a real, it's it's a real mess of this stuff, of stuff at this point. Huh? But Rachel Maddow has spent the last few years sifting through a ream of sobering stories for her new book, Prequel, An American Fight Against Fascism. It's a cautionary tale about threats to democracy set in the era of World War II. Not only were there lots of Americans who didn't want us to fight, but there was a lot of them who wanted us to fight on the other side with, with the, the Germans, Nazis. With the Nazis. Um, Maddow, who of course hosts a show on MSNBC, first explored the story in a series of podcasts focusing on surprising connections between Americans and Nazi interests. The organizational diversity of people who were on that side of the calculus ahead of World War II is shocking to me. Some of the most unsettling stories Maddow tells are of a nationwide network of underground pro-Nazi anti-Semitic groups, like one exposed by Arnold Eric Severide, who would become a renowned CBS News commentator. Eric Severide was a very young reporter when he uncovered what? 
the silver shirts. There was a group of very far-right extremists that were meeting secretly all over Minneapolis. They were forming themselves into armed cells all across the country to mount a war against the Jews and to set up a Hitler-style dictatorship here. This little bookshop is the California headquarters of the silver shirt movement and friends of the new Germany. And Severide infiltrated this group and basically decided, yes, they're crazy, but they're also serious. And this New York armory essentially became a supply depot for another anti-Semitic militia, the Christian Front. They had a captain on the inside in the 165th Infantry Unit that was willing to give them all this ammunition and cordite and hand grenade explosives, and they used it to stockpile bombs. What did they plan to do with it? That is why the FBI arrested them in mid-January 1940, the FBI. They thought they were only about seven days ahead of the Christian Front plan to murder a bunch of congressmen, to firebomb and bomb a bunch of sites in New York City that they thought would be sensitive enough that they would set off essentially a race war. 18 people were charged with seditious conspiracy and theft of government property. And what happened? They got off. Either a hung jury or an acquittal for all of them. The way it was received was uh, that was a Brooklyn verdict for some Brooklyn boys, that they were seen as being sort of hometown heroes. And being rabidly anti-Semitic, even violently so, was seen as a form of sort of patriotic anti-communism. And long before the internet became a conduit for disinformation, the Harmony Club, where Maddow and I sat down to talk, figured into a sinister attempt to demonize Jews. The Harmony Club is the second oldest private club in New York City. It was specifically a club for Jews who were restricted from entering the other private clubs. And in 1939, some unsavory characters, including a former army general, claimed to a congressional committee that they'd learned of a plot being hatched here at the Harmony Club that might involve prominent Jews affiliated with the Roosevelt administration, including Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter and Treasury Secretary Henry Morgenthau. House Un-American Activities Committee, which had just started, heard from a pair of witnesses who brought them a story about this place. These guys came to Congress and said, those Jews are plotting a takeover of the United States to destroy the United States and put the Jews in charge, and we're here to blow the whistle on it. And it was all fabricated. Completely fabricated. And this conspiracy theory they hatched about this place, this room, was part and parcel of trying to turn Americans into feeling about the Jews the way Hitler was making Germans feel about the Jews. So. This address right And Hitler had plenty of tentacles in the U.S., including right on Riverside Drive in Manhattan. So George Sylvester Virick lived here in a beautiful 10-room apartment. He was very well off. And the reason he was so well off is because he was the highest paid and most senior Nazi propaganda agent in the United States. He was known for being a spy during World War One, and then in the run-up to World War II. He's at it again? He's at it again. Actually convicted of spying, Virek gets off on legal technicalities and goes on to run an operation directly linked to Capitol Hill. They'd get Nazi propaganda into the United States. They'd persuade a member of Congress or a senator to put his or her name on it, insert it into the congressional record. Once it's in the congressional record, they can send it out in bulk all over the United States. Maddow calls out World War II-era senators like Ernest Blundin of Minnesota and Burton Wheeler of Montana, as well as House member Hamilton Fish III of New York 
as being in cahoots with Virick. U.S. indicts its top fascists. And then but when the federal government finally indicts some two dozen people, including George Sylvester Virick and several congressional staffers, in a seditious conspiracy, why are none of the members of Congress indicted? Good question. A lot of pressure was put on the Justice Department by members of Congress who are implicated in this scheme. And even that case sputters. The trial is chaos, bedlam, a circus. The prosecution is actually presenting a pretty compelling case. And seven months into it, the judge dies. That's right, the judge dies from a heart attack. And after hemming and hawing for a few years, the Justice Department decides not to spend time retrying the case. And the American people start to turn their attention to the war rather than to any sort of fight like this at home. In 35 U.S. cities, boons headed by local Gropenführers. Though Maddow's book takes place three quarters of a century ago, there's a reason it's called prequel. After all, it was written in the wake of the attack on the United States Capitol. Do you think we are now seeing a resurgence of fascism in our country? I think we are seeing another iteration of the ultra-right. And it has a lot of the elements that are the most worrying things that you look for when you're looking at a democracy that's in trouble of yielding to authoritarianism. We see violence intruding into the political process. We see the scapegoating of minorities and cons dangerous conspiracy theories about A rise them. in anti-Semitism? Rising anti-Semitism is an absolute red flag. Anti-Semitism almost always goes with the rise in fascist ideation. And it's just something that we can't ignore. There's a history here that we ought to learn from. Americans before us, just as smart, just as resourceful, just as funny, just as clear-minded as any of us could ever hope to be, fought those fights before us. We can learn from what they did. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's an age-old way to communicate. You put a message in a bottle and cast it out to sea. But what if you're in landlocked Iowa? A question for our Steve Hartman. For John Amalfitano, the past is ever-present. Everywhere you look in his Donnellan, New Jersey home, there are relics from a bygone era. I don't know what it is with me. I, mean, I just have a, have a connection with old stuff. And he says no connection runs deeper than the curio in this cabinet. That's the oddest thing of all. It's a chicken egg, bequeathed to John by a neighbor who found it in a carton of eggs in 1951. 
The neighbor saved it because of the note. Whoever gets this egg, please write. Signed, Miss Mary Foss, Forest City, Iowa. John says his neighbor held on to the egg for 50 years and never looked for her. Then John held on to it for another 20 before finally posting pictures on the Weird and Wonderful Secondhand Finds Facebook page. To its 3 million members, he pondered, wonder if she might still be alive. So, all those people who had egg on their Facebook hatched a plan, scrambled, fried hard to find this Mary Foss. After 72 years, they expected an exhausting search that would not be over easy. But they cracked the case in less than a day. And for those of you keeping track at home, that was eight puns in 15 seconds. Do you remember writing on that egg? Oh my goodness, yes. And you were hoping to find someone to be a pen pal? Well, who knows? We all dream. Mary is now 92. But as a teenager working in an egg packing plant like this one, Mary says she used to dream of meeting someone in a far off place. That fragile little message in a bottle, her way of reaching out. Yes. And now, 72 years later, she has finally made her connection. And here it is. How are you, Egg? <laughs> this past week, they came face to face for the first time. And uh, I hope we get to see you again. Would you want to meet John in person? Oh, I'd love to meet God, wouldn't you? <laughs> John. Oh, John. Not really. I have no desire to meet the guy. You've got his problem. <laughs> yeah, you're saving 70 year old eggs. Yeah, you got a point there. <laughs> well, when you get to be my age, you meet a lot of kooks. <laughs> Sorry, John. Looks like the yolk's on us. How you like your egg? What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. It's rare to find someone who doesn't love chocolate. But there's something about one of our favorite treats you may not know. Its key ingredient comes from places that don't always benefit from our obsession. Seth Doan has a report that's bittersweet. Your house is here. 
just here. Work is here. Kim Addison is on a culinary and cultural mission of sorts to change our perception of chocolate. When we think of chocolate, we think, you know, Switzerland, Belgium, or France, but never Ghana, never Cote d'Ivoire, and those are the two largest producers of cocoa in the world. So how is it that we're not known for our chocolate? She's trying to change that with 15 employees working from this modest space in the African nation of Ghana. What was this building before it was a chocolate factory? It was actually my parents' first house. <laughs> Kim and her sister Priscilla, Ghanaians who grew up in America and around the world, are part of a growing effort to keep some of the profits from the $100 billion chocolate industry here. They started their own company, 57 Chocolate. 57 Chocolate, it's short for 1957, which was Ghana's independence. But it's not just about Ghana being free from colonial rule. It's more about the spirit behind Ghana's independence. Hey, as Ghanaians, as Africans, we can do this. As a businesswoman, she's motivated by some numbers that do not make sense to her. Two-thirds of the world's cacao, the raw ingredient that's roasted and used to make chocolate, is grown in the African nations of Côte d'Ivoire or Ivory Coast and Ghana. Yet Africa produces just 1% of the world's chocolate. The biggest chocolate makers are in the U.S. and Europe, which is where most of the money goes, too. Chocolate's story is certainly not all sweet. There are continuing issues of trafficking children to work on plantations for little or no pay, an issue that touches even U.S. consumers. A new lawsuit alleges Customs and Border Protection ignored evidence that child labor was involved in harvesting cocoa for major U.S. candy makers. The agency told us it cannot comment on pending litigation. Today, the Department of Labor estimates that one and a half million children still work illegally on cocoa plantations. We visited cocoa country to see where the problems start and to understand some possible solutions. Ivan's Kanubi cracks open the pods to extract the sweet, slimy bean, which at this stage has a flavor like lychee fruit. Mm, it tastes good. I saw you eating a few of them yeah. earlier. <laughs> While there are perks, high pay is not among them. Do you feel like you make enough money to have a decent living? No, no, no. The average cocoa farmer in Ghana earns less than $2 a day, and it's labor-intensive work. Once the cocoa is collected, it's left to ferment under banana leaves for about seven days, then is laid out in the sun to dry. Stephen Ashia has been farming cocoa for 14 years and says he barely breaks even. At the end, you'll buy chocolate bars? No, mostly I don't buy chocolates. The money we have, it will be better I use it to buy heavy foods rather than buy chocolate that cannot fill my belly to come and work. You don't make enough money to yeah, afford chocolate. Yeah, yeah. That's a bitter reality Dutch chocolate maker Tony's Chocolate Only is confronting. Nobody needs chocolate. And to me, it's really unacceptable that in something that's a luxury, that's a gift, that people accept that there's extreme poverty at the beginning of that supply chain. All Schoenmakers led sustainability programs for Tony's Chocolate Only until last month. The company's name nods to its lonely place in this fight against exploitation. The two main problems are illegal labor 
and massive deforestation. And both of them are driven by poverty. What our program aims to do is help farmers enable uh, earn a living income. And uh, with that, we take away the root cause of the issues in cocoa. They took us to see schools they help support, a common way many big chocolate companies claim to be giving back. But Schoenmacher's underlined that this, what he called charity, is not enough. Boosting real incomes is essential. He says the price most chocolate companies are paying for raw cocoa here, a price set by the government, is too low compared to what farmers need to live. We calculate how big the gap is between the government set price and the living income price, and we pay that gap as an extra premium. For the spring harvest, the premium was about $63 higher than what's set by the government, meaning Tony's paid almost double for each bag of beans. Tony's also implemented a tracing system to follow the beans through their supply chain. Tifolis Abaka monitors this step. So knowing that to be held responsible for whatever happens to your beans, it will help you to do the right thing. Can you calculate how many chocolate bars you can make from a bag like this of cocoa? Yeah, that's a good question. It really depends on the type of chocolate. So a, a dark chocolate bar would contain more cocoa than a milk chocolate bar. But on average, a Tony's bar, three to 500 bars from one bag. Three to 500 bars. But farmers were getting just $80 for each of these bags of cocoa. We're almost doubling that. And it's still only a small fraction of the retail price. There's no chocolate company will go bankrupt on that but it will mean the whole world of, of a difference for cocoa farmers. After it is fully dry, the flavor will come. You start smelling the chocolate. Yeah. We met Gifty Narki drying cocoa beans for one of the farmer cooperatives selling to Tony's. My parents were doing. Ah, how about your grandparents? They too. Wow. Yeah. How about their parents? They too. <laughs> <laughs> so your great-great-parents, your grandparents, yeah, your parents, cocoa farmers. all cocoa farmers, yeah. and now you. Yes. She told us she used some of the extra money Tony's pays to make a capital investment. She needs a second job. At first, I don't have machine to sew, but now I have got some machine to sew. Because you got extra money yes. and you, from Tony's? Yes. Working through these cooperatives, Tony's tries to build the relationships needed to identify and root out problems. Right on the bar, it says, we exist to end modern slavery and illegal child labor in the chocolate industry. It's a goal, but not a guarantee. We cannot do this on our own. We have to develop a model that is replicable and scalable so all other chocolate companies can do the same as we do. But if I buy this piece of chocolate, can you guarantee that there's not child labor involved? So if you buy chocolate from Tony Chocoloni, then you know that we search for child labor. Search, but can't promise that it's not part of the chain somewhere. And we find child labor. We also transparent about the child labor cases that we find, but it's good that we find it because that's the start of solving it. Next season, the Ghanaian government is raising the price of cocoa as part of an effort to combat smuggling, illegal gold mining on cocoa plantations, and of course, child labor. At 57 Chocolate, Kimberly Addison is trying her own way to keep more profits in Ghana through controlling the production of chocolate. Shouldn't we be adding value to that cocoa in country, consuming it in country, and then also making it available globally? 
but there are challenges you'd probably never think of in this cocoa-producing country. There's the melting heat, inconsistent electricity, and problems finding raw materials like sugar and milk. Still, Addison joins a handful of other small companies working to cultivate and profit from the growing taste for chocolate here. The prominent black leaders and Ghanaian independence figures featured on their bars are a reminder of the spirit and potential of this place. There's so much value here on the continent. Where there are problems, there are huge opportunities. And what we're doing at 57 is we've seen a problem with something as small as the cocoa bean, and we've turned it into an opportunity. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devi Adaris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Brighten your mornings with CBS News Sunday morning merchandise from ParamountShop.com. Shop mugs, sweatshirts, and t-shirts to start your mornings with style. Take 20% off at checkout with code SUNDAY20 at ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all CBS News Sunday morning products with code SUNDAY20 at ParamountShop.com.